Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the HDR Student Learning Podcast. I'm your host, Dimi Lattice. Today, we'll be talking about writing a literature review. Our guest speaker is Dr. Alex Garcia. Alex is an associate lecturer in student learning and communication here at the University of Sydney. Welcome to the show, Alex. My pleasure, Dimi. The majority of theses now require you to include a literature review. So, Alex, could you tell us what is a literature review? Well, a literature review is an in-depth evaluation of all the literature producing a specific field of science. So it not only summarizes what is known about a topic or about a field, but it also evaluates it. But it has to have an argument form. So it's not just simply a summary. It's more than that. It evaluates and it justifies your own research in the case of a thesis or a research paper. How does that differ from, say, an essay or a chapter in a thesis? Well, let's start with what's similar. And many people forget that a literature review is an argument, like an essay. But in this case, the main point is to justify your research, as I said before, is to say what we know about something, but also to identify what we don't know yet, so that you can justify investing time and resources on your research because every piece of research requires an investment in time and in resources and in in the case of Australia that is publicly funded. So you need to tell people we need to know the answer to this question. This is what we know so far. I'm going to try to find the answer to this in this way. That's very interesting. It sounds so simple. I think I speak for all students when I say, how do we find that gap? Well, normally you will have identified the gap when you decide to do research. That is, if you decide to investigate something, it's because you have identified a problem or an issue that requires an answer. Now, you probably start that process before you do the literature research. You may have just a an indication that there, there is something that we need to know. So when you start your literature review, again, you have to identify all the papers, if it's the case of empirical research, that deal with the issue and what conclusions they have reached. But also you have to look at what aspects they haven't looked into, what populations haven't been studied, what theoretical frameworks haven't been used in the approach to that problem. So in that way, you can identify what has not been done to justify what you are going to do. It seems like this is the cornerstone to constructing an argument. I'm guessing it can't be made up as it goes along? No, it it requires a lot of planning. And I always make the comparison that building an academic paper or academic text is like building a house. So people tend to do a lot of reading Uh, take notes, and then just start writing. And they are skipping a crucial step, which is to make a plan. That is to organize how your information is going to be uh, located, what arguments are going to be put together, what similarities have you found within the research, and also what differences. So it requires planning, and as I said, it's not just stating what research has been done in chronological order. It's doing analysis, which means breaking things into parts, 
and then synthesizing it. So after breaking it apart, you put it back together. The example I give in our lead review OLE, which is available on Canvas, is the example of the study of ADHD, Attention and Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. So when you're trying to find the gap, which is the purpose of the lead review, you have to identify what is known and what is not known. What contexts, what populations have not been studied or hasn't there been enough focus on. And then you have to organize those according to different criteria. Some criteria can be how the understanding of ADHD has evolved over time, but also you could group them according to outcomes of research or methodologies of research or factors that are involved in the context or theoretical approaches to the study of ADHD, which could be, for example, a biomedical where problems are associated with chemical imbalances or through behavior therapy. And so you need to think long and hard and analyze your data and the results of your research to come up with a, an appropriate structure that will lead the reader to say, oh, thank God that this person identified this problem and is going to solve it now. The process of justifying and organizing your information must really help in developing a coherent argument. That's exactly what it is. So by organizing your information, you're not just saying, this researcher said this in a particular time, and this researcher then said this. You have to synthesize that information and identify, again, the gap, what we don't know and what we need to know about this and how your research is going to fill that gap or contribute to filling that gap. So the literature review is really the justification of why you're researching what you're researching. Yes, exactly that. Alex, when we surveyed the HDR students, they said that they really struggled with critiquing and evaluating other people's literature. Yes, that is actually the most challenging part of the literature review because as a PhD student, you don't feel that you have the authority or the knowledge to critique other people's research. And the answer to that would be rethink what evaluating means. And people sometimes think that evaluating or critiquing is just saying that everything is terrible and everything is useless about previous research. And that is not the case. I like to remind students about a quote from Sir Isaac Newton where he says, if I have been able to see farther, it's because I've stood on the shoulders of giants. So every time we start doing research, we don't reinvent the wheel. We start with what is known before. So most of the evaluation of research is positive, okay? So we don't have to start and destroy, we don't have a sledgehammer and destroy everything that's been done. What we need to do is maybe position our research in the context of other research. So we need to identify what are the key points of the research that has been done before. How far have we progressed in knowledge of this particular topic? And then what hasn't been looked into or what aspects have been ignored? Another aspect you could focus on is the controversies in every field. So some fields are pretty established and some aspects do not have a lot of controversies. Everything is more or less taken as fact. So we have enough evidence to say this. But there are other fields or, or aspects or topics where there is not agreement or not consensus among scientists. So you need to address those controversies. OK, 
Okay? So aspects that you can focus on are the importance of, the, of previous uh, research, things that everybody accepts in the scientific community, but also what aspects have not been focused on. So think about what is established knowledge and which could be challenged because all knowledge is susceptible of challenge. Think about, for example, how we used to think a few years ago that there were uh, nine planets and now there are eight. So every knowledge is susceptible of being challenged. But there are some things that we kind of accept as we consider we have a scientific evidence for, but there are other things that are not quite established. So probably your research will be in one of those fields. So thinking about aspects that have been neglected or ignored is one way into it. So what you're going to do is establish a niche for yourself, saying, okay, we know a lot about this, but we don't know a lot about this phenomenon in this context or with these participants, or we haven't looked at this problem with this methodology because other methodologies may have issues or may not be completely reliable. So you're going to approach the problem from a different perspective. So do not think about evaluation as destroying or, or saying that everything is wrong. Think about how does your research fit in with the existing knowledge and with the knowledge that is still being contested. Well, that's definitely some food for thought. I'm sure many of our listeners, myself included, are going to go away and consider where does our research fit in? Alex, have you got any final words of wisdom for us? Well, one thing is that the best way to learn how to write literature reviews is to read literature reviews. So ask your supervisor to give you good examples of literature reviews and try to analyze how the argument is built up how groups of papers are put together, how much information is given about each topic. There will be some papers that will have some direct relation to your topic. Others will be key or central. So think about how much of the literature is reviewed and to what extent it is reviewed and how it is organized. So become an analyst of other people's literature reviews, especially if you have very good models. And maybe a not so good model would be also useful to see what you should not do. So your supervisor might orient you, but read those literature reviews with that in mind. How are they structured? How do they build an argument? And try to model or replicate that in your literature review. I want to thank our special guest, Alex Garcia and the Learning Center for today's episode. If you want to learn more about literature reviews, please visit the Open Learning Environment on the University of Sydney Canvas website. It is a free module that you can complete in your own time. Otherwise, you can contact the Learning Centre to see when they next run this class. You can find their details on the University of Sydney website. We hope that you enjoyed and found this episode useful. If you would like more information about topics that affect HDR students, please subscribe to this podcast, the HDR Student Learning Podcast. This is your host, Dimi Lattice. Good luck studying, everyone.